Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You say, preacher, I thought you'd be over in Ezekiel or somewhere. We'll get there. But I want to start where it starts for us. I'm going to make some statements right here before I even get started. Number one, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that would prevent the Lord from coming tonight. Nothing. There's no sign that I'm going to give you. I'm not going to give you anything. I'll give you some things that are happening and just lay out some uh, what I can see taking place. But I'm not going to tell you now this and this. The altar, Jesus, as a matter of fact, we covered it this morning in our Sunday school. When he cleansed the temple, he told them Jews. He said, tear, he said, the only sign you're going to get is tear this temple down three days, I'll rebuild it. That's the sign of the resurrection. That's the only sign we're getting, and we've already got it. And so nothing else has to be fulfilled for Christ to come again. And uh, so I want you to understand that. Now, what we're going to read to you tonight out of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 deals with the, uh, the second coming of the Lord. Do you believe that? And so I want to I deal with these verses down through here. Let's start about verse number 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And at verse number 13, here's our text. The Bible says, But I'd not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. So, let's start right there. There was some people who were ignorant concerning people who were dead. You see, paganism was a major problem in the early church. And... The pagans believed that after you died, you just disappeared. That's it. And so Paul said, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant about them that are dead. Concerning them which are asleep, he said, um, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died, rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord of the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight. God, I pray that you'd settle our minds, help us, Lord, to stand on the truth of the gospel. I pray, God, that you'd just help us to expound the scriptures and nothing else. We'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, I'm going to start in some familiar territory. The very next event on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. Now, it is imminent. I believe it could happen at any moment. And somebody would say, well, it's not going to happen right now. Let me break the news to you. Everybody ain't looking for it. Uh, you may run in Christian circles. 
And it seems like because you run in Christian circles that everybody's looking for the return of the Lord. But I'll guarantee you there's less than 1% of the population right now that are really looking for the Lord's return. And besides, when Jesus said in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh, he wasn't even talking about the rapture of the church. He was talking about the great day of the Lord, and that's where people get confused. There's going to be a rapture of the church that's spoken about here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 where we go to meet the Lord in the air. That's what the Bible said. Then there's going to be the great day of the Lord that'll happen, that'll come after the tribulation period. That's when Jesus is coming all the way back to this earth, uh, going to stand on the Mount of Olives, begin the millennial reign, rule on the throne of David. That is the great day of the Lord. And all of those comings of the Lord that are spoken about in the Gospels are speaking about that great day of the Lord, not the rapture of the church. You see, the church was hidden during the, gospel, during the Gospels. That, the church was hidden. Jesus came preaching a kingdom gospel, opening the door to the Jew to be saved. The Jew rejected him. He came to his own. His own received him not. He died for the sins of mankind, including the Gentiles. But all of that, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians, was a mystery until God revealed it to Paul. And so Paul is revealing a mystery concerning the church. And part of that mystery is that you and I will be raptured out prior to the tribulation right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I've got to slow down. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is the mystery revealed. And so there is the revelation that we have of God's truth. It's a progressive revelation. In other words, it's developed over time, precept upon precept, line upon line. It's a particular revelation. Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant. He said, I want you to know what's going to happen. I want you to know how it's going to happen. I want you to know when, not in the date it's going to happen, but the order in which it's going to happen. And so he left no doubt about the rapture of the church. Now, this is a particular revelation. It's a powerful revelation. I was talking to Colton about this before he went out the door this morning. When I was a younger man, I, I feared the coming of God, even after I got saved. Because I wanted to live and experience life. But the older I get, the more value I see in the rapture of the church. And getting to go out of this world without the pain of death and the problems of life, the more value I see in the rapture of the church, the older I get. So there's the... The rapture is a powerful, powerful revelation. Now, there are some truths contained in this, and I'm getting what y'all are interested in. Just hang with me. Y'all want to hear that stuff out of Ezekiel 38. We're getting there. Just let me build up a little steam here. There's the, there's the truth concerning those that are already dead. So what about those that have died that we planted in the ground? The Bible says they're asleep. That's what the Bible says here. But it's their body. Paul is speaking of their bodies that are laying in the ground. One day the bodies are going to raise, but the souls are with the Lord. And you say, can you prove that? Why, well, sure I can. I wouldn't have made that statement if I couldn't prove it. Look at verse 14, 1 Thessalonians. Look at verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God do what? Bring with him. 
Now, how could Jesus bring them with him if they're in the ground asleep? So soul goes to be with the Lord, and he's going to bring the soul of those people back down into the air. And then that body is going to be resurrected, but it's not going to be that old body. Give me them verses there in 1 Corinthians, Rachel. Look here. It's not going to be that old body. But the Bible says, but some man will say, how are, they de- how are the dead raised up? And when what body do they come? Look at verse 36. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quit, can except it die. Verse 37. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may uh, chance of wheat or of some other grain. Verse 38. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. So what's all that mean? That means that the body of the dead is planted in the ground, but it's like planting a seed in the ground. What's a seed do? It sprouts up a flower. It don't look nothing like the seed. Paul said the resurrection of the dead is going to be the same way we resurrected an old sin, or we buried an old sin corrupted dead mortal body. But what is going to be raised out of the ground is going to be incorruptible. It's not going to be that same dead mortal body. What will be raised up out of the ground will be incorruptible. It will be like planting a seed and raising a flower. When you and I go to be with the Lord, we're going to get that same incorruptible body. We're all going to be put together there in the air. Brother Jeremy Simpson at a tent meeting last week, he brought out a beautiful point about this gathering together in the air. And He said, you know, when you get to heaven... It's all going to be about the Lord, about loving the Lord. But he said, I wonder if the Lord isn't going to allow us to have a reunion with loved ones in the air before we ever go to heaven. Uh, You see, because once we get to heaven, it's just going to be about worshiping around the throne. And a lot of them earthly relationships are going to be done away with. But maybe God will allow us to have some time in the air to reunite with those loved ones that went on before us and have a reunion time there in the air before we go into heaven and have that reunion. Boy, that'd be a blessing, wouldn't it? So we see there is some truths concerning the dead. And then there's the truths in the matter of the Lord's return. First Thessalonians tells us that it'll be in the air. Uh, now this is not, as I've said, the physical return of the Lord or the great day of the Lord. This is the rapture of the church. Then there's the resurrection. The dead in Christ shall rise. Now, when is that going to happen? That's the question. There's a lot of people believe there's some people that would say, well, rapture is not even in the Bible. And the word rapture is not. But the ideal is it's this catching up, it's this snatching away. We'll deal with that toward the end of the message. There'd be others that say, well, we've got to go through tribulation first. We're going to go through the tribulation, and then the Lord's going to come. Well, they're missing out the rapture of the church. i tell you what tickles me about them people. You can talk to them, and they say, now, I believe we've got to go through the tribulation first. And then you ask them, well, do you believe the Lord come tonight? And they say, oh, yeah, I believe he come tonight. <laughs> you know? And I say, well, where's uh, all that moon turning to blood and, and people dying? And uh, where's all that at? You know, why, why didn't we go through any of that stuff if you believe we got to go through it? You say, well, preacher, how do you know that we're not going through tribulation? Now, hang with me just a minute. And I'm going to try and show you some things that are happening right now. But first... 
I want to steal your minds about the fact that we're not going to go through the tribulation period. And I want to offer you something, okay? I want to offer you something. If you're interested in end-time prophecy, then keep up with this thing in Israel and, and follow it in your Bible. To me, it's exciting. But if you're not interested in it, that's okay. Just make sure you're saved and live your life. <laughs> Don't even turn it on. Because it's not going to affect whether or not you go or when you go one, one iota. So if you're not interested in it, just don't turn it on and go, I don't know, the Lord's coming today, he might come tomorrow. I'm going to live like he's coming tomorrow. And if he don't come tomorrow, I'm going to live like he's coming the next day. And when it happens, it happens. But if you're interested in this kind of thing, there are some interesting things to follow right now. It's pretty interesting. How do we know that we're not going through the tribulation? I mean, that's really what matters to me. I don't want to go through the tribulation. But there's a lot of people say, well, we've got to go through the tribulation. I talked to a fellow the other day. I saw him in the grocery store. He said, boy, it looks like the tribulation's getting ready to be on us. And I said, yeah, and you know what happens before the tribulation, the rapture of the church. He said, I hope you're right about that. I said, I'm right. Can I prove it to you in the Bible? I mean, it don't matter what Bradley thinks. What does the Bible say? All right, let's see what the Bible says. Well, there's the teaching of Paul concerning the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4. So back in 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul said, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And that was, uh, what is that, verse number 18? Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So Paul said, what I'm teaching you about the rapture should be a comfort to you. Now, why, how would it possibly be a comfort to us if we were going to have to go through the tribulation? There'd be no comfort in it at all. Then there's the place of the meeting. The fact that he said we're going to meet the Lord in the air. That tells us it's prior to the tribulation. And then also Paul indicated that he believed it could happen in his lifetime. He said, then we which are alive and remain. So in other words, he said it could happen right now. And obviously Paul knew he had not yet gone through the tribulation period. Let me give you some more, let me give you some more uh, for sure promises. Look with me, if you will, 2 Thessalonians. Let's see here. Or I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Verses 1 through 9. Look at these verses. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4 deals with the rapture of the church. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 1. Look how it starts out. But the times and seasons, brethren, I'd have, I've, I, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. That's talking about the return after, the return of the Lord after the tribulation period. Watch it. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child. All that's tribulation speech. And they shall not escape. Again, tribulation. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that, ye should, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Watch it now. You're the children of light and the children of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. But let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day 
be sober, putting on the breastplate of, of faith and love, and for in a helmet the hope of salvation. For God, look at verse number 9, for God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that verse right there. He says, he gives all that tribulations talk down there, and then he says, God hath not appointed us unto wrath. Now that's a promise of the Scripture. And if we go through the tribulation, then Paul's a liar. Then look what he said, but to attain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what is he even talking about? We're already saved. He called us brethren in a few verses right before that. This salvation that he's talking about is the snatching away of the rapture of the church. He's going to save us out of the tri- from the tribulation period. He's going to save us from the wrath that's to come. He's going to f- uh, save us out of the torments of the world that is going to be lived in. He's going to snatch us away. Uh, he's gonna, and I am glad, thank God, that he then look at 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Look what Paul said. 2 Thessalonians. Now, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Paul deals with the end time prophecy. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 7. He's talking about the man of sin that's going to be revealed during the middle of the tribulation period. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let, watch this, until he be taken away. So right now, the, the, the mystery of iniquity, that spirit of the man of sin already working in the world has been for thousands of years. But the Holy Spirit's here, and it tempers him, keeps him doing for everything he wants to do. But he said there's coming a day when him that is right now tempering that is going to be taken away. Him that letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What's he talking about? He's talking about the, when the rapture of the church takes place, the Holy Spirit is going back into heaven with, with, his, with his body. He's going with the body of the church back into heaven. And so the promise, I, I, look at the, there's also the purpose of the tribulation. Jeremiah 30 and 7 calls the tribulation the time of Jacob's trouble. Look, alas for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. So that indicates to us and tells us of two purposes of the tribulation period. Why is there going to be a tribulation period? The first purpose is to bring Israel back to God. So it's the time of Jacob's trouble. It's not the time of the church's trouble. It's the time of Jacob's trouble. The second, the second purpose of the tribulation is to punish all the nations that have warred against Israel. That's the second purpose of the tribulation. And you know, one of these days, according to Zechariah 12, 3, all nations are going to turn against Israel, all of them. So it says, Zechariah, did I give you that one? By Zechariah 12, 3. There we go. Then that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, and that burden themselves with it shall be cut into pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Now, a lot of people say they don't know where America is in end time prophecy. I'll tell you where America is in end time prophecy. She's right there. <laughs> She's part of those nations that are going to gather against Israel. Somebody said, well, it's, America's not mentioned by name in the Bible, and it's not. But it's so, that's such an American thing to believe, right? We believe we're so awesome, we ought to be mentioned in the Bible. Australia is also not mentioned in the Bible. But that don't mean Australia is not going to turn against Israel. The whole nations of the earth, one of these, you say America will never do that. All right, I want you to think about something. 
What is keeping America right now from turning against Israel? What's keeping us? Us. Conservatives, Christians, we're the ones that, uh, because you, you face it, the whole rest of the, the whole rest of this, all this crowd of wickedness, everybody loves abortion, everybody loves this uh, LGBTQ stuff. You know, what the, you know what they hate? They hate Israel. You ever notice that? They all hate Israel. Now, if the church is taken out during the rapture, guess what happens? There's nobody left to keep America to support Israel, and America will in a heartbeat, uh, they'll, they'll turn against Israel. Zechariah said that all the nations are going to be against Israel. That's a coming prophecy. Uh, but guess what? The fact is, we're going to be gone before that ever happens. Then let me give you one last one, Romans 5, 9. Look what the Bible said. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from what? From what? wrath through him. And so Jesus, while he hung on the cross, God poured the wrath for sin out upon Christ. We're now saved. Once we become saved, we become a part of the body of Christ. If we were to go through the tribulation, we would, that would be Christ being punished twice for the sins of mankind. And God is not going to do that to his son. I don't care what anybody says they think, they feel like. I don't care. Well, all that matters is what the Bible said. So that's the truth of the rapture. It's coming before the tribulation. It could happen at any moment. It's going to be a catching away. I believe they're going to blame it on the aliens, but that's another discussion for another day. Now, let's talk about what's happening right now. Israel, anything that happens in Israel matters. Now, let me tell you why. What the Bible said in Zechariah 2 8. What the Bible said. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. That he toucheth you. Toucheth what? What's that say right there? Apple of my eye. Me and Brother Jeremy talking about, I tell you, Jeremy Simpson, he, he's a lot smarter than I am on this, and I think he's preaching on it tonight. So you go over and watch his video, and it'll probably be better than what mine was, anyhow. I was talking to him about it. We was talking about that apple of the eye, Brother Neil. That's the very focus of the eye. It's where the eye focuses. So what this verse tells us is that God is focused on Israel. Now bring up that map of the world, Rachel. Bring up the map of the world. It's one of them PowerPoints. Hey, so you can't even see it. I'm going to put the laser pointer on it. Right there. <laughs> The, the nation is completely covered up right there with the green laser pointer. The whole, all of God's focus is right there. So anytime anything happens there, it has a significance. Let me tell you how much God loves Israel, all right? God spent two chapters describing the creation of the world in the book of Genesis. He spent a chapter describing the fall of man. Then he spent about eight chapters describing thousands of years of history. 
And then he spent 38 chapters telling us how Israel came to be. Of the biggest book in the Bible. I'd say that means to God, Israel is pretty important. Now, we're going to jump back and forth here, Rachel, between, between this map and some verses. What do the current events mean for the coming of the Lord? Well, the biggest thing is they set up, they set up the events of the tribulation. Now, let me say this to you. The tribulation may not necessarily start with the rapture of the church. You ever thought about that? That 70th week of Daniel, the great tribulation, is going to begin when that man of sin signs a, a peace treaty with Israel. That's the beginning of the seven years tribulation. There may be a time period between the rapture of the church and the beginning of the tribulation. Could be several years. So it could be that these things that I'm getting ready to show you are setting up to happen, but it's not like you can sit and watch it and go, okay, now these people are getting involved, now this one's getting involved, oh boy, we're getting close to the trumpet. Because he might just take us on out of here tonight, and then there might be a, a period of years while that works out. Then again, we may watch all of it work out. Before we, when we may get taken out right before the tribulation. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm going to show you some things, if nothing else, it ought to excite you because you can turn on the news. You can turn on the news tonight and read it out of the Bible. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Are you with me? Here we go. Um. The tribulation is going to begin with a signing of a treaty. So give me my map again. Basically, the tribulation is going to pit west against east, okay? With Israel here being right smack dab in the middle. What's going to happen is the leader of the west... It could be that it's going to be the European Union. I don't know. But the man of sin, the Antichrist, who is going to come out of the West, he's going to be the leader of the West, he's going to sign a peace treaty right here with Israel, and he's going to ensure their protection. Now, it's not hard for us to understand how that could happen because all of the Western nations, including all the Western end of Europe, the United States, Canada, all these Western nations, they support Israel now, right? So it'd be easy to understand how a man could come out of the West, coalesce everybody, all of those nations together, sign a peace treaty with Israel, say we'll use all of our nuclear weapons, all of our planes, all of our bombs, kind of like, I don't know, if they were to come up with an organization, maybe they would call it NATO. Maybe they could call it NATO. I don't know. It's just throwing that out there. What, you mean that, that already exists? Oh, my goodness, really? Wow. So they could strike a deal with Israel and say, we're going to protect you. Now, why would they need to be protected? Well, because the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 38, give me that next uh, portion of Scripture there, that they're going to be invaded. 
by countries from the east. All right? So 38.5, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them. I'll go back, go back to verse 4. And I'll turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws, and I'll bring thee forth and all thine army, horsemen and horse, horses and horsemen, and all them clothed with all sorts of armor, even great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Look who's coming. Give me your next one. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with them, and all of them with shield and helmet. Next. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togomar, the north quarter and all his bands, and many people with thee. Next. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and thou and be thou a guard unto them. So the Bible predicts in the book of Ezekiel that there's going to be an invading, put the map of the world back up, an invading Ethiopian force. The primary invaders are going to be Gog and Magog. Now, who in the world is Gog and Magog? Well, Genesis 10 he identifies Gog and Magog as being the sons of Japheth. The sons of Japheth originated in Asia Minor, but you know what they did? They settled north of the Black and Caspian Sea in modern-day Russia and Ukraine. Did y'all hear that? Gog and Magog, who are going to come against Israel, they are in Russia and Ukraine. Seemed like I heard something about them on the news. Was there something about Russia and Ukraine? Seemed like I've been hearing about them on the news for about a year now. Just a little bit about Russia and Ukraine. So the old bear's on the move. Now this is a miracle. Because as you know, at the end of the Reagan administration and the Bush administration, the USSR fell and everybody thought, the Bible was false. They thought it proved the Bible couldn't be true because of all these prophecies about that bear from the north. There is no more bear from the north, they said. Russia has collapsed. They are no more. But guess what? Then, if you'll remember, in those verses they said, there's, now this is all tribulation. going to happen during tribulation. But it's already, we can already see the players. Are you with me? In order to see the players starting to move. In Ezekiel 38, it said Persia. Persia is uh, modern-day Iran. Here we are right here. Iran, that's Persia. All right, here's Israel. Here's Iran, that's Persia. Now, they're the very first ones mentioned in Ezekiel 38 that are going to come in during the tribulation period and attack. Do y'all know what just happened? You know why Israel is fixing to go to war? Because Hezbollah, a terrorist group, or Hamas, a terrorist group, which is a proxy of the Iranian government, it's basically the Iranian military, they're a terrorist organization, 
They came in and invaded Israel. Some people even say they, they're baiting Israel, trying to get Israel to come into Iran so that Iran can pick up a, a more unified Arab League to try and war against Israel. All that's happening right now. Right now, through the Gaza Strip here, they're, they're amassed on that border on the Gaza Strip, getting ready to go into Iran. That war's getting ready to break out. Russia is on the move down through the Ukraine. The Bible tells us eventually the great river, the river Euphrates, is going to dry up there in Revelation chapter number 16, verse 2. And that China, the Bible identifies it as the kings of the east, are going to move across the Euphrates and into Israel during the tribulation period. All that's happening during the tribulation period. And I've already told you we're leaving before the tribulation period. Let me show you something China said today. Now, let me tell you something about China. China, historically, has never been involved in Middle Eastern politics. But look what China said today. Drag that news story from Politico over there. All right? This is today's headline from Politico. It says, China says Israel has gone too far. And if you read the news article, China talks about how they're so concerned about the encroachment of Israel and the help of the United States and that they want to see a, a greater uh, police uh, peace solution put forward. China has, is already starting to jump in the fray. And guess whose side they're on? They're in there with the Russians and the Palestinians. It's in your Bible. Y'all understand what I'm saying. What you're watching on the TV is in the Bible. Move that, move that back over. So the Bible says that there's going to be all this group from the east that is going to move against Israel. They're going to move against Israel at the beginning of the tribulation period and the Bible tells us that God, there in Ezekiel 38, 39, God is going to miraculously destroy them. And that destruction is going to cause them to turn back to God. It's going to cause Israel to turn back to God. This leader of the West, this man of sin, he's going to step in and he's going to, he's going to declare a peace treaty. He's going to say, I'm going to protect you from the rest of the world. Three years, Israel is going to be allowed to rebuild their temple. And at the end of three years, the man of sin, if they get the temple rebuilt on the temple mount, the man of sin is going to come forward. He's going to require all of Israel to worship him. That's going to be the abomination of desolation. And things go massively downhill from there. You have those bold judgments and those sealed judgments and all of the horrible things that happened during the tribulation period. But the good news is... If we're saved, we're out of here. <laughs> That's the good news. We'll not even care that this is happening. Do you believe that? We'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb, enjoying the sights, having the time of our lives. But is it just me, or is all this starting to get pretty real? It's getting pretty real, isn't it? I never have felt like I feel like about it right now. That might be another hundred years. It could be. But I'm just saying I've never felt like it 
about it like I do right now. Because I can read, oh, let me give you the rest of them countries. I don't think I gave you the rest of them. I talked to you about Persia. There's several countries listed there. Um, Persia, that's modern-day Haran, Iran. Then you got Ethiopian, which is northern Sudan. You have Put, which is Libya. You have Gomer, which is Turkey, part of Turkey. Uh, then you have um, Turgamoa, which is uh, part of Syria and around the Syrian border. All those countries are going to match together with Russia and Ukraine and Turkmenistan and all of those countries on the east are going to come into Israel and they're all players right now, including China, the kings of the east. They're all jumping in and they're players right now. Now, do you think that's a coincidence? Aren't you glad that God wrote the Bible? Now, I'm going to leave you one last thing that ought to be a comfort to your heart if you're saved. That is an indicator, all right? So the Bible, Brother Neil, is full of similarities, all right? So there's three great deliverances, three great deliverances in the Bible. There is the exodus out of Egypt. Then there's Calvary where God delivered the world. And then there's going to be the rapture of the church. That's three great deliveries. All right, I want you to think about it. Egypt, the exodus out of Egypt, what was happening? There was an increase in demonic activity. You look at Pharaoh and all his sorcerers. There was the killing of babies. Am I right? And there was the persecution of the Jews. All right, think about what happened just before Calvary. Increase in demonic activity. You look all through the Gospels and look at all the demonic activity that's happening during the Gospels. Then there was the killing of babies at the time of Jesus. And then there was what? Persecution of the Jews. We live in a current time where there's an increase in demonic activity. I think everybody would agree with that. If, you, if you're watching, you'd agree there's an increase in demonic activity right now. There is the killing of babies. We've killed millions. And we're seeing before our eyes the persecution of the Jews. Thousands upon thousands killed last Saturday. You don't believe this world persecutes the Jews. Don't you think about something. Hamas terrorists come in and drug Israelis out of their homes and kill them. Right? Israel is going to go in there hopefully this week and start taking care of some of them Hamas terrorists. I just, I'd love to see that happen. But the, Israel has warned them for a week to get out so they, don't kill any, so they don't kill any innocent people. They've warned them for a week. But you read CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, guess who's the bad guy? Israel's the bad guy. Even though they were the ones attacked, provoked, and have took a week warning the enemy, here we come. They're still the bad guy. 
You know why? It's all about God. It's all about Jesus. That's the reason this world hates Israel. Because they are the apple of his eye. But you can mark it down. If you touch his eye, apple of his eye, he's going to touch you. He's going to touch you. That's the reason we got that flag flying right there. See? Because we stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. So, there you go. Just a little bit of insight into some of the players and what's happening. You say, what could I look for? If I'm interested in prophecy, what could I look for in the days to come that would be of interest? Well, a few things. One is what is Iran going to do officially? Hamas is a proxy of Iran. What is Iran going to do? Then you've got to watch, you've got to watch and see what Hezbollah is going to do. Hezbollah is to the north. Let's see here if I can find them. Right here, coming out of Syria. Are they going to get involved and start bombing from the north? What's Jordan going to do? Here's another little country that could get involved. What are they going to do? So that would be the immediate. Then what's China going to do? Could it be, I mean, just throw this out, here's a possibility. That the United States gets involved here deeply over the next few months. And we get so deeply involved in this that Russia takes that opportunity to drop a nuke or something on Ukraine and make a run through Ukraine, make a run, run through Ukraine. China invades Taiwan because they know the United States has got their hand full, and really the United States is all that's keeping China from invading Taiwan. And then they all start to make a run at Israel. You see how that can happen pretty easy? And before that ever happens, they're gone. That's how quick that could happen. We're gone. I'll just say this. I ain't going to buy no green bananas. I ain't going to buy no green bananas because it could happen at any moment. Father, we thank you, Lord. I hope that I did okay. It was a pretty jumbled up mess, Lord, but I, I tried hard. I just pray that you'd bless our efforts. Lord, as we see things unfolding and read about them in our Bible, it's encouraging to me to know that we're on the right side. You're a great big God with a great big book that has really, really been on target every time. Boy, we thank you, Lord. I just pray, God, that you would use this message, help your people with it. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name.